We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome to Light Years. Andy Liu, the Warriors have won their first road game since Biden became president. Um, I forget, sometimes I forget Biden's our president. But hey, it is the first road win since he has been our Dude, president. It, it, wow. feels, it feels a long time. Like, have they won a road game in 2023? Yes. Have But are we sure? Are we sure? They have. Um, it's, but you know, eighth one of the season. Oh I mean, I'm, I'm asking you right now, name the last time they won a road game. I, <laughs> obviously they lost 10 in a row on the road. So Was Steph playing, I, I do, be, I do believe Stephen Curry played on their last road W. Wow. I don't. Yes, he did. Just, I mean, I was like 99% sure, but I, I just checked the box score to make sure my mind didn't deceive me. Um, get, get, oh, I, I know which game it was. It was um, uh, in Boston, game six, June 2022. <laughs> that was the game. That was. It feels like it, to be honest. It really does. Know. It does feel like that was the last time that they've won a game on the road. It was actually January 30th against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Mm. So, you know, just a modest two months <laughs> without a road win, then just 10 straight losses after that. Um, yeah, man, this team's not good on the road. I don't know if you knew that. I don't know if you I don't know if you knew that they had struggled on the road for the entire season, but incredibly so recently. Uh, you know, did it feel like that they broke through something today? I'm gonna be honest with you. It didn't really feel that way. It just felt like they were playing the worst team in basketball. That's not trying to win, right? That's, that's missing their like. missing their best player, even though they're terrible sure. with him. Yeah. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Shangun's a fun guy, um, fun fun player. I mean, they he's just a good, he's a good player, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fitz let us know that they beat the Lakers last week or whatever, and they beat a couple mm-hmm. other good teams. So fine, but they the Rockets look terrible. Like they don't look like Jalen Green. Don't look very good. KPJ, like they all look like some facsimile of the same player. You just kind of shoot a lot. Don't really they do much they else. Look like a young team who who's there to uh, <laughs> there to get buckets, not wins. Yeah, you know, like Jordan Poole would be a perfect fit on. The, I'm kidding. Okay, look, look, look. It's a good win. Uh, the vets look tired. All that, all that stuff. I think that some of the young guys played very well tonight. Kamingo's awesome. Anthony Lamb looked pretty good in the second half. So, like, it's a good win. The Warriors needed it. They're in sixth place now, Sam. I, I just ne- don't. It's unnecessary. A necessary win. I don't know if the word "good" should come into our vocabulary, <laughs> but um, yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm like, yeah. I don't have the energy to be mad. All wins are good. The way I was mad two years ago, um, but I'm not optimistic. That's mm-hmm. for sure. That's yeah. where I'm at. Uh, you did bring it up. The Dallas Mavericks lost to the Memphis Grizzlies, so the Warriors are back in the sixth seed. And we'll talk about this later. But Wednesday's game might determine the playoffs. Yeah. Honestly, if the Warriors can beat the Dallas Mavericks in Dallas, they probably just have to hold serve at home and just kind of play the like home road game. And they can probably hold Dallas off and hold on to the six seed because not only would they be up a game and a half on Dallas, they would own the tiebreaker. So it's like two and a half games. Yeah. 
And uh, obviously, if the reverse happens, Dallas wins. Not only would they overtake the Warriors with the better record, but they would own the tiebreaker. So it's a two game thing. I mean, correct. <laughs> It's the difference I'm, between the Marty between a play and game heartburn, and a, man. Yeah, I mean it's it's the difference between a playing game and uh, and and a, and a first round matchup against probably the Memphis Grizzlies. Correct is what it is. Or or you could be kicked out and have to play the Lakers and and Jazz or whatever, and then and then go ahead and face off against the Kings, who are the hottest team in basketball. So so it's it's a tough thing, and also it feels like Luka Doncic is going to be back on Wednesday. Um, so it's a matchup that gets tougher and tougher. I don't for even the know who. I don't even know who I'd want to play the Kings or the Grizzlies more. Mm. Um, I just think for karma reasons, you want to avoid the plan, you know, like deal with whoever gets a three seed. Currently today, the Kings are the three seed and the Grizz are the two seed, but half game set. Like that's just as in flux as what we're talking about. So I don't know. Also shout out to my fellow uh, Persians and a bunch of Middle Easterners. Happy Noruz, Noruz Mubarak. Many of you. Um, celebrating the Warriors gave you a win. Uh, I'm gonna have to text, I'm gonna have to text my guy Roosh, um, number one Persian Rockets fan, and let him know, uh, you know, Steph Curry cares about the Persians just a little more than Jalen Green does. Leave it at that. Through <laughs> a tweak knee slash ankles, yes, Steph cares about the Persians. Come on now. Uh, I've had multiple on this road trip, by the way, I've had multiple people DM me, no idea who they are that live in Atlanta, that live in, mm-hmm. Houston, that live in whomever. And they'll ask me like, Hey Andy, like I have tickets to the game. I'm worried. Do you oh, think- those are my favorite. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, do you think the Steph is going to play? And I'm just like, Hey, just so you know, the Warriors have to play everyone every single game. <laughs> they have no choice. You see how gassed they were in Memphis. Like they had no chance that game. Yeah, rest, rest doesn't matter. <laughs> my friend, I promise you they're not going to rest. That doesn't mean you'll enjoy the show. <laughs> they're not resting. It might not be pretty, but they'll be playing. They'll be playing. By the way, um, uh, update for uh, Team Japan, uh, Shohei Otani with a leadoff double in the bottom of the ninth for those that are watching uh, live with us also on YouTube just, YouTube just, Live and play I just, back. I just want you to know you are officially two seconds ahead of me on stream. So oh, thanks, I'm sorry. <laughs> thanks for ruining that at bat. Um, I wish I could like videotape it because they were pitching to him right as you said that. I'm like, all right, good. Good to know. <laughs> anyway, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all. All right, let's um, let's get into it. Actually, yep. you know what? Before we talk about this game, I want to talk about something real quick. Um, I, I, hate, I hate Twitter drama, uh, but I do feel like compelled to say something here. Um, so I guess I, I I got ratioed to death. Uh, so I tweeted on Saturday about Wiggins missing time. I can understand the context is muddled, uh, and just to clarify, as has always been the case. With every previous comment, pod, Twitter, whatever, as our listeners know, because we do four of these a week and we say the same thing. I have zero interest, zero desire to know Wigan's personal business or get into any sort of TMZ style speculation. I guess my thing, Andy, is the problem I have I'm grappling with is I don't know how to discuss this team in context of his absence. Uh, for example, like the team has been a mess defensively. Uh, and to me, it's a personnel issue more than anything. Uh, GP2 and Wiggins haven't played since the All-Star game. Now we get updates on GP2, um, but there's complete silence on Wiggins. And I understand it's a personal matter, but I don't know when he's come back. And that kind of changes the context of the team. Um, and I would just say fans are not dumb. They know you're missing your best wing defender. Um, and that's a large driving force to the fact that your perimeter defense sucks. More so not knowing when he comes back makes it harder. Um, and, and you know what? Like, my thing is, if he doesn't come back, can we just say the season's a wrap? Like, that's kind of what it comes down to for me. Um, they can't go, they can't compete deep without him. He's their best wing. Um, and these are relevant basketball questions in the context of the Warriors and title defense hopes. As far as I can tell, I don't know. It feels like people who keep asking these questions want the best for him and the team. And I just, I don't understand why people, why people online try to make people feel bad for wanting to know when a player will come back to their team. Why are people assuming fans wanting to know lack empathy? It just feels like gaslighting. 
uh, and to say they don't care about the team but don't speak, like, I don't get it. That's kind of where I'm at with it. And it just kind of, I get it. You know, the internet has like a huge pile on effect, but I don't really understand the overarching need to tell people that like, you can't speak about that. You can't do that. It's like, come on, man. We're all here to talk about sports. I, You know, I think it's a good way to put it. I, I agree with you. I, I think there's this emotion to say, hey, I'm better than you. Um, if I if I say that I want what's the best for Andrew Wiggins, I think we can also agree that everyone here wants the best for Andrew Wiggins. Um, uh, also, every single person, every single Warriors fan has asked, um, hey, what's going on with Andrew Wiggins? And that doesn't mean that, hey, I don't give a fuck about Andrew Wiggins. I think that's probably the best way to put it every time I – Every time I uh, every time I go online, it's someone trying to shame you into thinking like, "Hey, just you, he doesn't owe you anything." I just I didn't I didn't beg you to tell me what's happening. I just genuinely want to know what is going on. Don't kill me, don't yeah. kill me. I just want to wow. know. And the Warriors knows. could use Wiggins. They don't owe you an explanation, bro. I'm not out here, you know, saying Joe Lacob has to get on the stand and tell me what's up. I'm saying. You want me to be invested in this team and you want me to talk about this team, but you also don't want me to talk about this team. And that's where I'm just like, you know, cut the crap. Like, honestly, you know, just I'm, I'm not here for fan shaming. I'm not here for, for any of that crap. So, you know, feel free, feel free to continue asking your questions as long as you keep it in line. You know, uh, our guys, Bonte and Chasky had the same conversation a week ago and they got blasted for just being like, what should the fans expect? What do you, how do you want to do it? I listened to the whole show. Not one disrespectful thing said, but that doesn't stop the online pylon. You know what I'm saying? I got to say too, just looking at barrier fans, we're all barrier fans. um, Pretty, pretty easy. Like I think pretty understanding with Andrew Mm -hmm. Wiggins, pretty fair. Uh, can't imagine if he was in Boston or New York or or Philadelphia or somewhere like that that this that the reaction to what's going on here would be the same thing. I would say outside of like the the trolls that are I've seen online that there are people like trolling Wiggins's uh, uh, partner online, which is obviously a big no no. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Right? That's a that's unacceptable, unacceptable behavior. Um, but I think overall, just looking at Bay Area fans and talking about, it, I, th- I think it's been rather understanding, and and I think the same goes for the organization. It sounds like Steph, Draymond, and those guys aren't. I mean, there's nothing, but nothing from those guys. So I think all in all, Sam, people want to know what's going on. People don't know what's going on. People are still going to keep going to ask what's going on because uh, we're watching one of the best teams of all time, and it would be nice to understand when Andrew Wiggins could come back. And if he doesn't come back, he doesn't come back. But I think it's fair to keep wondering when that's going to happen. The Warriors have nine games left. Time is running out. And uh, to me, if I had to guess today, Sam, and, and maybe to kind of put a capper on this, if I had to guess today, I don't think he is coming back. So yeah. That's kind of where I'm at, too. Uh, I have no sources. I have nothing to tell you that, but nothing – indicates that like there's going to be a grand change and you know um that sucks and but that's life too but it's like don't you feel like it's two separate conversations um if he's coming back we're talking about in context of what can they do to try to salvage the season if he's not coming back i'm going to start sending andy clips of college players and and start talking draft which i know he doesn't want but you don't have a choice i'm about to stick it to him like that Uh, I mean, <laughs> I got nothing. I got <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, it, it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not even having a take on it. I'm just kind of like, I, I, I don't, am I crazy? Like, I don't think this team has the juice to get it done if he doesn't come back. No, no, they don't. They have no chance. I mean, we saw GP2 on the bench tonight. Even if he comes back, he'd be great, but they have, they'll they help, have he'll he's help too, for he's sure. too valuable both ways, 35 minutes yeah. a game. Simple as that. I mean, Something his like absence might be the biggest tell that he is. I don't know if he's the second, third, or fourth best player on this team, but I know in context of the core, his skill set is invaluable because they all look old. They all look like they're missing that dude who can provide some of the two-way things he does. So it's just kind of like, I don't know, man. Hey, we'll continue waiting, um, but it's the elephant in the room. Uh, that's a good segue to this game, by the way. You talk about guys looking out. Um Pretty, pretty, pretty rough legs from Steph, Draymond, and Clay tonight. Didn't look like they wanted to play. Um, Sam, this team hasn't had more than one day off between games 
they're not going to have one for the rest of the season, and they haven't had one in about a month here. Um, it's rough. It's a rough schedule for them. It doesn't get any easier. We talked about them going to pl- into Dallas and playing a game. It's that a season. It's kind of it's the season. All of yeah. It. Well, no, it's, it's not the season. It's the it's the seeding. <laughs> well, it's the season in that they're going to be in a do. Well, they're in a do or die rest of the way, but they're going to have to play eight do or dies, and then they're going to have to play a couple more after that. But yeah, it, it's it's a rough schedule for a team that's got a, a bunch of guys in their mid thirties that have multiple injuries that they're either playing through or that they've gone through. Right, Clay's gone through a couple injuries. Dre's, you know he has a couple injuries. Steph literally tweaked his knee again tonight, and he's limping through the fourth oh, I, So I, oh, I oh, almost... Oh. When that happened, I was like... Yeah, okay, for those listening, I did an eye roll. Um, but, like, it's just... It, it was too much for me, man. It was too much. I was just like, yeah, this feels like the perfect cap on the season. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Sword Vitality. Listen up, Dub Nation especially all our guys out there, we have a special offer on the newest addition to your daily self-care routine. Do you shower? Brush your teeth? And I know you manscape to keep the ladies in your life happy. Listen, no shame. Self-care is cool and manly. And that's why you need to add Sword Vitality Excalibur to your daily routine. Sword Vitality Excalibur can encourage optimal sexual health by increasing blood flow to help you thrive when it matters. Trust me. You might think your girl's happy, but what if she could be happier? This 30-day regimen designed to benefit your reproductive function can help maintain a healthy libido and stamina. Now, who doesn't want to last longer? You'll be proud of this product. It looks good on your shelf. It sure as hell feels good, and it shows your partner you care. Add Sword Vitality to your pregame, and you'll always be ready for game time. Visit SwordVitality.com now. Use promo code LIGHTYEARS at checkout for a nice discount. That's swordvitality.com. Use promo code LIGHTYEARS. And that discount won't be the only nice thing that you'll be getting. All right. Let's get into this game a little bit. I will say um, Kuminga, positive. Maybe the only positive to come out of the season. Like, like, I don't know how else to put it. Like, um, you know, uh, Steph is still Steph. Um, Clay's been solid. Draymond looks dead. Like, that's my big thing. Kuminga is the one development thing that's worked out a little bit for them this year, right? Yeah. I, did you see that pull-up that he did in the middle of the fourth mm-hmm. quarter? Uh, over, I think it was Jalen. By the way, he took that Jalen Green uh, mm-hmm. uh, matchup personal. Real shocker. They were playing together in the gym. Yeah. But he rose for a pull-up. And I know he's been kind of doing it more and more in the last month. But, man, it gives me Kawhi flashbacks. Sam, I know you don't love the Kawhi Leonard comparison. I know, and it's for good reason. But when I see this kid, 6'7", absurd mm-hmm. athleticism, or 6'5", pulls up right over a guy. No, no, no. He's, he's a legit 6'7", 6'8". Drains a 12-footer. I swear I got tears in my eyes. Everyone, el- everyone my else eyes. on the team is, is you know, 6'7", but actually 6'4". <laughs> uh, he's actually 6'7". I'll give him that. <laughs> and, I mean, he... I mean, sometimes he rebounds like he's 6'2", but when he's putting up a shot like that and when he's attacking and cutting the hole like he is, um, we've seen Andrew Wiggins figure it out and help the Warriors win a championship. That's what happened last season. Man, when I see Kaminga slowly figure it out, he's got more forceful athleticism than Wiggins. I think Wiggins is a little more graceful. He's a little more – he's got better I mean, Kuming- the rim and all Kuminga of that. Kaminga might be top three in the league. Like, that's there's no oh disrespect to that. God. It's like he's – He's uh he's another I mean freak use whatever term you want like another level athlete you know um the opposite of the core <laughs> yeah in that sense um I want to say it was either the Atlanta or the Memphis game it's gonna drive me insane um he has this ability to hesitate before he shoots particularly from three like you know he doesn't want to take the shot and the coach you heard Steve Kerr yell shoot the ball at him um. And it kind of makes me think that that's kind of the thing with uh, with Kuminga that's really going to define if he's going to be a superstar. If Once he starts shooting it with confidence, like the same way Wiggins shot with confidence last year, where you're just like, look, he's either going to make it or he misses it, but he shoots it like he's going to make it every time. When Kuminga gets there, I think he's an all-star because he does too many other things. You could just see, like, to your point, like that midi was really nice, uh, but he's still kind of... Um, He'll have games where he doesn't, where he's a little like hesitant to trust his jumper, you know, 
And 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 that's really the, the to me that's the make or break skill because I actually don't think his handle like yeah he's, he's not Kevin Durant but like I think his handle is closer than maybe his his jumper in some ways. Uh, e- oh. <laughs> <laughs> it may be an IQ thing for me. It may be an IQ. I just I I watch Kamingas and today was a good Kaminga game. I watched the bad games and sometimes I'm like. Um, he might need another it, it, this you, you, you mean like processing like just yes. slow decisions okay. yeah he he's really sometimes it's like oh boy he needs another couple of years which is which is fine but it, it hurts when you're a warriors fan because you're watching steph and clay um so i think some of what's really cool about kaminga and i hate to do this especially right now is that man it could be really good next season i, mm-hmm. I do think what kaminga is is hey he could be really great next season and I think that's best case scenario for the Warriors. I don't think there's a scenario this season where Kaminga's playing super positive contributions, as the comments here talk about Shohei Otani. Um, super positive contributions this season or in the in the playoffs where they're winning big games with him. But Sam, would would you be surprised if the Warriors had Kaminga even closing games or no. It's like yeah, next season, right? Like that's what if you talk about the Warriors retooling into next season and you say you give me that starting five. Then you say Kaminga and GP2, who's still on the roster. Moses Moody, who you Theoretically healthy. Theoretically, yep. like, by next season, GP's totally back. Right, yeah. right. And and fingers crossed, he might be back in a week. And so it's just that, I think, when you talk about the Warriors, it's it's not, like, they're not dead just because they don't, they don't win this season. There's still a shot, but that is de- highly dependent on where Kaminga's going to be. And maybe where Jordan Poole's going to be if he's on the roster, but definitely <laughs> where Kaminga is going to be uh, in, in, in his maturity process. Is he going to figure out, can he play 30 minutes a game? Because even tonight, he only played 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. He only played 20. He got benched most of that second quarter. Big Tony. Big Tony Lamb coming through. Um, he was really good in the fourth, in the third yep. and the fourth, Anthony Lamb. But, yeah, I don't want to talk about him yet. Right? After, <laughs> after, after, you know, kind of having a rough – anyway, yeah, yeah you're, you're – I mean, honestly, like you are right. Uh, Kuminga played 25, 26 minutes, probably should have been 30, but like I'm going to, I get really annoyed when it's like 15 is basically. So like when, when Steve gets him 26, I'm sitting here going, all right, uh, you know, close enough to what I want. Like I'm not trying to pick fights. Um, I want to point a couple comments here and then we can react to them. Um, Loose thoughts goes, I don't know, Sam Kuminga, is a league average three-point shooter this season. My thing is not the percentage. It's how fast he shoots it. Um, teams aren't guarding him. You have to put the shot up quick if they're not guarding you to force them to actually rotate to you. They're daring him to shoot. He hasn't actually proven he's a shooter. He hasn't had a game where he hits six or seven in a row where they have to rotate to him. Basically, I mean, forget Stephen Clay because they're the two greatest of all time. Uh, but but uh, Wiggins, you know, Wiggins, is the type of guy who he put he's shot it so much. You have to rotate to him. Kuminga is not quite there yet, but I think he can get there. It's just, you know, it takes time. Um, let's and then we got a second comment here from Chris LeClerc. I think he, this is what you were saying, Andy. Uh, he goes, I'm not sure I watch the same game as Sam. Kuminga is a freak athlete, but he has a long way to go offensively. I I, I agree. I I just think if that shot becomes clearer, like he can basically be Harrison Barnes immediately, if not like start pushing to be better than that, because he can attack a closeout. He just has to actually get a closeout, you know? I mean, that's you that's really good take is and you tweeted this multiple times. It's not about what his percentage is. He's shooting all these wide open. He should be shooting it at a thirty-four five percent clip minimum, but mm. Is he going to get respect from guys? Jordan Poole can't shoot the ball, but he's always going to get respect from defensive Be- players. Because defenders know if he's wide open, he'll hit it. Now, maybe they shouldn't close out on him when he pulls from 30, but, you know. Well, I don't think they need to do anything. They just let him shoot it. Uh, and, and, and we'll go, <laughs> I mean, literally, I'm just sick of watching him. Uh, but with Kaminga, I'm in a good mood. So back to Kaminga. Um, <laughs> he figures that three-point out. I'm with you. When, when he's wide open, it un- it looks good. It's fine. It's not going to be 40%. He's not ever going to be that kind of shooter. But wide open, he's going to make them. It's a matter of how decisive can he be shooting that. We watched JTA make a bunch of threes, remember? We watched him make a bunch of threes in 2020, but he's not a real shooter. So I think that you know some of those differences is, 
is you look at some guy that I always like making fun of, like Robert Covington, or or mm-hmm. who are the Portland guys? Uh, Mo Harkless, Alfaruk Aminu, like those guys have always hit big, 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 big threes, thirty eight percent, thirty nine percent. But you put them in a series, or you give them a slight contest, that baby's dropping down to thirty two percent, right? So where's Kaminga? A lot of like get the pass and throw it back to the guy. I mean, that's no. like that's like me when I play basketball. Like <laughs> you leave me open from three, I'll make an okay clip. But if you give me a good contest, I'm probably not making that three. Like, I'm not a yeah. true shooter like that. So you watch some of these players. It's the same, same thing. Um, but they're not – they're not – we're just can so we, used to watching Steph and Clay. Can we, can we, just, can we just say that's why, that's why Clay and Steph are honestly underrated? Like, people will still be like, oh, they're great shooters, but they're not the same all-around player. And I'm sitting here going, what does that mean? Like Clay doesn't Clay doesn't take 15 dribbles. Like, you know what I mean? You contest James Harden and he'll brick it. You contest Clay, he'll still hit it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's one of those things where I think the more you watch like a Jordan Poole, you gain a little more appreciation for like I, I don't know. I, I feel like people do this thing where they think all skills are equal. All skills are not equal. Your ability to put in the ball in the hoop, no matter what the defense is doing, is infinitely more valuable than your ability to cross the ball over, you know? Yeah. I, you know, I'm like, let that one go. Let that Jordan Poole take go. We'll keep, <laughs> moving. We'll keep it moving on to the next topic. Oh, I was, I was getting an Andy Lou take on no. Jordan Poole. Oh, you're just being nice. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I actually played a decent game today, actually. He so. did He did play a good game. I mean, obviously, look, do we really need to talk about, like, yeah, no. they won, they won, yeah, yeah. and a win was necessary, yeah. but, like, this isn't exactly the greatest team in the league. What was I going to say? There's one other uh, take I had for you or one other question I had for you. It's like, all right, we got nine games left. Yep. What would you need to see to believe? <laughs> like just, just being honest, like, you know, you're, you're always, I know, I know you, you're always going to have a little belief because the core's done it. Whereas other players who are supposedly better than them have not done it. Um, but what, what do you need to actually see? Because I, I, I know you, I know you deep well, down don't like, you don't have unwavering faith right now. No, 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 no. Well, the problem is Andre Godal is out for the season. <laughs> so it's hard to believe that this team is going to make it without him. He was playing good minutes, but I do think um, GP2 is going to be back. And I think that ups my belief in this team. That in itself is going to give 15 minutes of elite perimeter defense. So you're going to tell me that Candante DiVincenzo, who's been struggling lately, but he was playing very well a few weeks ago. Can he give some facsimile of Andrew Wiggins? So it makes DiVincenzo's life a little bit easier. Put some one under on the ladder of defensive players, Mm -hmm. and it can shift DiVincenzo over to someone who's not as good because he's a good defender, but he's not elite like GP2, right? So that makes his life a little bit easier because if you watch last season's finals and what makes the Warriors successful or what made them successful outside of the fact that they had a bunch of vets is they closed a lot of games, a lot of big minutes with GP, Wiggs, and the core three. So if you tell me that GP is going to be back and, and make this perimeter defense better, that's enough for me to believe in this team. Dude, and then we just did a ten-minute segment on Wiggins. Oh man, pray he comes back for the p- first playing game. Six minutes, yeah. <laughs> like pray that with five games to go, he says, "Hey, like I'm ready to come back. I'm gonna need a few games. I'm, I'm gonna need to get ready right. to come back, and then he'll be ready to play." In the like, I got a feeling that LeBron James is not going to be back till maybe the last game or two, or maybe even the first playoff game. Or even I if have, he, or even if he is back, is he is he back? Oh, you know oh, I'm sorry, saying? sorry. I mean, KD. Yeah, KD's not going to be back until it feels like the first playoff game. So it feels like Andrew Wiggins is maybe, K- like, hopefully. KD, ironically, is the dude who actually is usually back game one. He's back. But, um, yeah, he, he, like, misses one jumper, and then he's back. Um, but, yeah, I, I... That is crazy. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of with you in the sense of, all right, if they get GP back and it gives a jolt of life that buys time... Um, not for Wiggins. Um, it just it just buys time. Like I, they need Wiggins to be the player he was last playoffs. Once they get, you know, past round one and into like serious basketball territory, right? Um, but they don't really need him before then. And you know, things if they can do things to give him a longer runway, 
Yeah, man. That's 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 like I, I feel like I'm just repeating what you're saying in different words. Yeah. I, I you think they can win it? Yeah, they they can win a seven eight series or or seven or one of those games without Wiggins. I don't think they're winning a series without him though. I don't think they're winning a like they're no, not being, but, they're not being the Grizz or the Kings without him. I don't think so. But maybe they don't need him to be as good as he can be. Like they need like 50% of him. I don't know. I'm I'm talking through it. Like, let's get there before we get to it. But it's like if GP, uh, let's use the Kings example. If GP2 can make, well, actually, honestly, it applies to both of them. But if he can make like uh, life hell for Jar, Deer, and Fox, um, that's half the battle. And, you know, maybe you don't need Wiggins to be your number one stopper per se, right? Um, you get into matchups against better players, then, you know, yes, you do. This week's Light Years podcast brought to you by Factor. Sam is Fendiari. I am trying to lose weight. I am trying to get under 200 pounds. For me to do that, I actually need to eat healthy for the first time in my 31 years of existence. So I am trying to do that with Factor. Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one rated eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Look and feel your best in time for warmer weather with calorie-smart meals around 550 calories or less. If you're too busy to cook with Factor, you can skip the trip to the grocery store and skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Factor has delicious flavor-packed meals to help you live to the fullest. Choose from keto, which is the new thing I'm trying, sort of, keto. Uh, Vegan and veggie, calorie-smart and protein-plus options on the menu each week, prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians. Each meal has all of the ingredients you need to be satisfied all day long. So in the last month, because of Factor, I've actually lost five pounds. So there you go, success story from the Light Years podcast. Um, Head to factormeals.com slash lightyears50. Use code LIGHTYEARS50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code LIGHTYEARS50 at factormeals.com slash LIGHTYEARS50, 5-0, to get 50% off your first box. Tim, should we get some voicemails to the goons? What up, boys? It's uh, end of the third quarter. We may win by 20, may lose by 20, but I am two things for you no matter what. One... I don't normally like to get into X's and O's because I'm a stupid fan, but the same overhelped mistake on defense all year, and it's absolutely destroyed us. The amount of times we have four or five guys in the key helping on a single drive to give open a wide open three in the corner is despicable. And two, we've been critical, fairly so, of guys like Jordan Poole all year, but we always give Draymond and Clay a pass when in reality they are so culpable, especially in this this road trip that we're on. Neither have played well. And it's super frustrating because with Draymond, when he's so limited offensively in terms of scoring and uh, uh which includes like not being able to make a layup, we can't have him be making so many bad mistakes on offense forcing things and the Draymond Express used to be so exciting just fills me with terror and then on the other side he can't rebound anymore and it's not like he's just shutting people down people are scoring on him every freaking night and with Clay just doing Clay stuff just chucking shots all the time turning the ball over on offense and can't play D at all anymore <laughs> he's like a freaking traffic cone and uh, I think it's time to, to talk about it. Thanks, boys. Peace. Are we overly nice about Draymond and maybe Clay? Um, just because, like, look, they're undermanned. We know those dudes are tired and old. Like, are we being too soft on them? I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Have you seen what those guys have done for the Warriors in their career? Everything he said was true, by the way. So I'm yeah. not even fighting him on the fact that he's wrong on any of the stuff he said. Clay, dumbass shots all road trip. Hasn't made the <laughs> shot. Really bad defense. Draymond Green also looks exhausted. Doesn't make a shot. Did you see him in the first quarter today? No yes. idea what he was doing. Terrible. Um, I don't care. I'm going to go be mad at someone else. I'd rather go be mad about Jordan Poole, who 
got his money in championship and decided to stop playing basketball. I'd rather go be bad at, mad at Anthony Lamb because, you know, I can. You know, it's just <laughs> – to me, it's – it's just so much easier when I can hate on guys that just haven't done what Clay and Draymond have done for me as a Warriors fan. You know what Clay has done for us, Sam? He has given us so many great moments in his career, and same with Draymond Green, and obviously same with Steph Curry. And so that's why, dude, like, not ever going to fight on any of the stuff that he said about what they've played and done is bad, but I'm so excited to, I'm so excited to get like mad at my son in 15 years uh over some player and i'm like nah you didn't see clay in game six you know what you're talking about stop you know like (laughs) um you didn't watch a guy that single-handedly rescued a season as it changed the course of nba history i mean i mean now we're getting into bill Simmons territory but like you know what i'm talking about like what what happens if clay doesn't pull off game six Hmm? You know, it's like that. Well, do you remember? I mean, even without that, do you remember when the Warriors were down 20 points at home against Houston? Down 3 2, second year of KD on the team. They don't win that game. I was, I was very miserable during that game. But yes. Steph shot a ball off the side of the backboard. What do we do? Clay, I mean, KD was bitching and moaning, who knows, doing his little anger tantrums like he always does. And Clay said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go out there. I'm going to drop 35 and I'm going to rescue this franchise. He really he is, won a championship. He really is an underrated, just a uh, red ass. Like, <laughs> he, the, like on Saturday, it was a trending thing on like him going with four fingers. Sure, sure. And people are like, oh, it's so corny. It's like, yeah, corny to brag when you've won sums up fucking Twitter, right? <laughs> like, literally, it's, it's like, they, Winning doesn't matter at all. I, Clay is always going to be the guy who's going to end up going out like that. But you know what? You don't get the great memories without like a level of pride that makes you mad when people talk to you like that. That's that's who he is. You know, yeah, you don't get it. you don't get game six Clay without like Clay being that fucking mad at Dylan Brooks. So miss me with the bullshit about what he should or shouldn't be doing, mm-hmm. and also. It's a mid-March game in a season that honestly looks like it's kind of spiraling towards nothing. Right. Um, I'll live with those guys fighting, and, and that's what Clay always does. He fights, even when he makes mistakes. Same with Draymond, same with Seth. So, you know, I'll, dude, I'll live with those guys forever, man. And they're not even close to being done. I think no. they next year they retool, they find the right players, they'll be fine. Um, this year they're they're towing a line here, but yeah, I mean it's it's we all know. Yeah, the young guys didn't work out. The depth didn't work out. Bacon a little bad luck with injuries and players missing lineups. And next thing you know, Kayvon Looney's playing 8,000 minutes a game. And, you know, dude. Dude, my guy needs my guy needs to go to Cancun for a month in the offseason with massage treatment. Like, I don't want to I don't want to see a picture of him at some just, just beach. Just get, go get some sun and go enjoy yourself in the offseason. Look, I, I get he wants to do the whole Iron Man streak. Who, who's the baseball player that had the Iron Cal Man Ripken. streak? Cal Ripken. Yeah. He wants to do the whole Cal Ripken thing, but it's okay, big guy. Take a night. Although they can't do it now, but it, it felt like early in the season, it was like he's fighting through injuries and he's playing 10 minutes that night because he's hurt. And so and, and, we're, I about mean, to, <laughs> we're about to be the only fan base who gets so thrilled with a Plumlee getting signed because we know Looney can take a night off. Like, like it's going to be like July 8th and it's going to be like the Warriors have signed, um, you know, Tyler Zeller. I don't think he's in the league anymore. I'll be like, Cody. yeah, oh, I think Cody's in the league, but Cody's yeah. in the league. Yeah. Cody's in the league. It was like, yes, finally a guy who can give Looney a night off. Dead serious. And by the way, Yakuperto looks pretty good in Toronto, huh? Yep. Turns out good players play good. Um, let's get to by the way, in the comments. Literally, same thing. YouTube comments <laughs> are on point tonight. All right, who's next? This is Neil. Thanks for all the pods. Uh, long time, long time. Um, they say that a lot of what uh, happens in the off season hinges on how this season ends um in the scenario that gp2 does come back but it's not full strength wiggins does come back but he's not you know playoff form as he was like in the finals um and say for example we lose in the second round do you think in that scenario um that 
you know, greatly changes how front office uh, handles things in the off season. As if, you know, we kind of flamed out and, all right, we're, our championship window is done. Uh, or do you think that we still run it back? Because I personally think we never got to see um, this team at full strength and feel like we're still – imagine GP2, Wiggins in playoff form, um, a full roster consistent on a consistent basis, not just injury after injury. I feel like we're still a championship team. Uh, so let me know what you guys yeah um i get it i get the question no i got the question appreciate the call that was a great call um my overarching theme is i don't think um that they're gonna throw in the towel on competing next year i do think short of winning the title they're gonna shake it up um and that could mean trading jordan pool like you know what I'm saying? Like they, like the only way in which they bring back this core and then like sign veteran minimums is if they win a title. Uh, if they don't win a title, I think they're going to shake it up. And it could be Jordan Poole. And you know what? It could be like Draymond. It could be they decide to go in a different direction. And that would I, – I wouldn't enjoy that. But like, you know, something like that. But like they literally just traded James Wiseman for win now help. Um as much as Joe Lacob talks about the two timelines, all their actions dictate to me that they think Steph is the one. And, you know, if this roster doesn't work, they're going to retool around him to try to win. Maybe in two years they want to rebuild, but nothing that they're doing makes me think that, you know, they're going to trade everyone for a bunch of 19-year-olds and be like, Steph, you can be like, you know, late career Kobe, just chucking shots while kids get reps, you know? I couldn't have said it any better. The one thing I think to hone in on what you said about is Jordan Poole. I, I don't think there's another move. I, I don't think I don't think shake it up means anything else. Uh, I don't think they're going to get rid of Draymond. Steph isn't going to isn't going to allow it to happen. I don't think Andrew Wiggins is going anywhere. I don't think that's going to happen either. I, I think the guy that represents the most value uh, to other teams, if you're going to make a trade to retool him around the core and Kaminga mm-hmm. uh, and Looney, uh, I think it's Jordan Poole. Um, and Jordan Poole himself, uh, if I were him. Uh, and I got knocked out by a guy that I'm going to have to play with again for another few more years. Also, I already got my championship and I got the contract that I wanted. Uh, I don't need to be here anymore. Um, I want to go somewhere else and I don't want to come off the bench. I'm going to go to Toronto and I'm going to play 36 minutes a game and do whatever I want. I'm going to go to Orlando, play 36 minutes a game and do whatever I want. Um, and I think that's the most, if you say the Warriors shake it up, that is the most obvious scenario to me. None of the other ones make sense outside of that if you mean shake it up to keep trying to win if they shake it up to 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 just you know get rid of clay and draymond and just say fuck it and let's just go go all in on pulling kaminga and, and moody and baldwin like yeah sure like that that's fine but if you're gonna say shake it up and still try to win a championship well i think i, I think if they did that they'd, they'd get a trade request from 30 so and i don't think woo! they want that you know you know what i'm saying like yeah, you know I, yeah, enough i, I, I don't, I don't think let's keep it moving anyway let's go but i i think i think that the most obvious thing is is pull you said it Hey guys, Sam from Seattle here. Um, I got a question for you. I know you've talked enough about James Wiseman this season. You probably don't want another question about him, but I can't help but notice all the articles coming out about him averaging a, a double-double with the Pistons and crushing it and his leadership, etc. Can you just help me understand why the Warriors couldn't use him, why he didn't work on the Warriors? I know you've said this a thousand times, but I just I have to think that maybe there was something valuable with his size, and at this point we've given him up for basically a, an empty roster spot. So, yeah, just curious. Anyway, thanks. I appreciate the call. I thought that was uh, I appreciate the question. I'm gonna let Andy take this one first. <laughs> um, uh, why do we have to do a, a not him, not the call? Why do we have to do a James Wiseman referendum debate after every single game that he plays? Why is that a necessary thing when the Warriors told us, the core told us that they felt like it was better to part ways for a guy that they thought would help immediately? James Wiseman told us that he wanted to play on a team that he could play 30 minutes a game. If James Wiseman on tonight's team, he still wouldn't have played 30 minutes a game. He just wants 20 points in an L and a vibe. <laughs> and again, I'm not even going to get into that. I'm not even going to talk <laughs> about the play. 
Because let me tell you something. Everybody that has something to say about James Wiseman and this particular, they're not watching the Detroit Pistons. So I got nothing for you, man. I'm not watching the Detroit Pistons. I watched the first, like, five games that he's been playing. I saw enough. He's about the same guy that he was. He just has more minutes. Fine. Go let him play. Go let him figure out. Why is it that we have to talk about, well, it was too soon of a move? Dude, listen. Steph wanted him gone. James Wiseman wanted to be gone. Steve Kerr didn't want to coach him. Joe Lacob was the only fucking guy in there that wanted the kid. And he got overruled. So what are we what are we doing here, Tim? Can we by just way, let him flourish in Detroit, getting 20 and 10, like you said? By Can the way, by the way, shout out Joe getting overruled on his own team. What a tyrant. Um, <laughs> shout out to Joe. Uh, I, I got one extra take to add on to that one. The Warriors wanted him to work. Uh, Steph specifically liked him and wanted him to work. They wanted him to buy into a winning role. I see this take that Steve Kerr's at fault, that his system doesn't suit James Wiseman. What, what system suits a player who doesn't want to pass the ball or defend and just wants to take hook, shot, hook shots? What is that system? They're 1-12. in 12. That's that system. You know what I'm saying? The Warriors wanted him to buy into being a more complete player. He isn't there. He may get there in two years. He may get there in 10 years. He may never get there like Marvin Bagley, you know? Um, But it's very clear that the team was just kind of, they're like, look, it's just not going to happen. Let's just, let's just cut our losses and call it a day. Um, And that's where we're at with it because right now he's, he's like a quintessential losing player who's, you know, the physical tools are what they are. They're nice, but um, maybe he'll figure out what matters in basketball. Maybe he won't. (laughs) <laughs> I'm just glad we don't have to talk about him every other freaking day anymore. And he can just Ugh. go on and move on with his life, just like the Warriors are. And it's not working out for the Warriors right now. And it looks like it's working out for James Wiseman. He looks happy. So good for him, man. That's it's this is not this is a story that's gonna play itself out for a very long time, it feels like. But to say I saw a quote from someone today, I think John Dickinson saying that the Warriors panic traded him. No, they didn't, dude. <laughs> <laughs> they did not. Last thing they did there's, was the panic trade. There's, there's a strong argument that they waited way too long. <laughs> panic is the complete opposite. Complete <laughs> opposite of what they did. And it's, um, you know, I see all these like, this is going to bite them in the ass, just like Robert Parrish and Chris Weber. And I'm like, bro, no, <laughs> stop. stop. Did they ever, do you think they watched Robert Parrish? And, and do you think? No, the even- problem is they did. And, they, and then they stopped watching basketball wow. then, got you know? It, got it. You know what I'm saying? Like got it's it. a complete opposite problem. But anyway, got it, got it. Good Tim, you, Tim, you all go. What's up, guys? It's TJ calling again. Probably shouldn't have found his number because, like I said, I'm gonna call after every game. Um, yeah, hey, you can't, bro. The Rockets. It was probably the most unhappy I've been about a win. Um, obviously, we should have won this game, but just the way we played, it just shows me that as constructed right now, we're not going too far in the playoffs. That's even if we make it out of the play-in. So, yeah, I don't even have a question. I'm just calling an event again. The turnovers are crazy. <laughs> the misses are starting to get a little crazy. I mean, we thrive off offense. So if our offense ain't going, I just don't feel like we got a good shot. And, yeah, man, that was a battle, man. So, yeah, I'm going to call off the next game. Uh, yeah, I'm stressed out. Thank you guys for taking my call. I have one take, and I'll keep yep. to you. Yep, yep. They can – if they beat Dallas on Wednesday, I'm 100 percent back. Yeah, in. yeah. That's it. <laughs> That's it. Dante Divincenzo is locking oh. up everyone. Giannis, LeBron, doesn't matter. We're good. Yeah. Like Wednesday I, night, dude. If you tell me Wednesday night, Luca and Kyrie play that game and the Warriors win, we are sitting across from each other and 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 counting the counting championship number they five. They don't even need Wiggins. Nah, they, nah. Just get them back for game five of the finals. We're good. Be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> They'll be fine. <laughs> um, oh. I got. I, I don't have a great feeling about Wednesday's game, though, Sam. Um, and part no. of the stuff with the call that he said is just that they haven't changed too much on how they're playing. Shot selection's not great. The turnovers, they had 20-plus tonight. No, they, just, they just finally played a terrible team. Shit team. So it's like I don't feel <laughs> great. And, then, you know, sometimes I think years past, you can say, you know what? You know, actually, even last year, you could say Steph's going to get 45, and they'll get this win. But I think we've seen this season. Steph can get 50-plus, and they'll still lose by 15. So uh, no, nothing, nothing hurts the soul more than Steph going 20 for 28 and 50 points and a loss. 
That's like um not a close the, loss too. Like they got they got kind of beat down there. Yeah, it was it was literally he had to go for 50 on elite efficiency to keep them in the game. Kind of. <laughs> oh. Anyway. <laughs> We're not ending on that, right? We got another one, Tim. No. Yes. No. Yes. <laughs> Producer Tim says we do not have another one. Oh, um no. oh no. All right, we're gonna end. We're gonna end on this, Andy. What would you do? Oh boy. As I am trying to figure out my question, and you can tell I have no clue where I'm going with this. Uh, you know, here, here's what here's what here's what we'll do. <laughs> Since Wednesday's game is going to be be the biggest game of the season, let's do like a quick two minute preview section here. Um, what do you think about Wednesday's game? Do we chances? Um, what do we think? I mean, Dallas sucks too. But <laughs> okay, I'm curious. I'm curious to see. Like, I will say, both Luca and Kyrie are singular game big players. They definitely are like the guys who get up for this kind of game, you know. Um, and the Warriors have been discussing on the road. I'm actually very curious to see how Steve Kerr handles it because I would think we're getting some playoff coaching on Wednesday. Yeah. I think we're getting good point heavy rotations. I think we're getting. You know, peak Steve, they play again on Friday, but they come back to the Bay. Hmm. Against the Sixers, by the way. It just this schedule. Who are rolling. Yeah. It feels like that feels like an L. So it does feel like if the Warriors can somehow steal this on the road in Dallas, that they have a little cushion because this schedule is unforgiving. Now they get the Wolves and the Pelicans who are. You know, the Pelicans look like they're done and Anthony Edwards doesn't look like he's back yet. Day to day. I, so. I don't it yeah. Ooh, like, was Pelicans too, too, at early, home? too early to tell on him for Sunday. Yeah. 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 But the Warriors feel like if they can go one and one across the next two, um, they've got the Wolves, Pelicans, Spurs at home. Like that feels like you can win all three, but you know, whatever. It, it Wednesday's game, I think, like you said, means a lot. Coming in the show, that's how we owned it. It it does mean a lot. It feels like Luca's going to be back, but Luca and Kyrie playing together hasn't been good for the for the Mavs. They, they haven't. They haven't. It's no. it, the war, Warriors can relate to this. You acquire a dude, but you don't get to see the whole thing together. No defenders. They're, they're, they're talents, but like it's not like they're a team. It's 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 like are they going to randomly hit a bunch of shots, right? Yeah, I mean it's kind of like the Warriors. It it is like the thing about the Warriors this season has been frustrating is they are they have turned into a team like Dallas where it's like, yeah. well, if they hit 22 threes tonight, they're gonna win, but yeah. you know they might just hit 11 and they'll lose by 12. And you know Fitz is gonna tell us that if they hit more threes, but that's actually just the problem to begin with. But um, <laughs> at least the Warriors tonight who didn't shoot well from three still won, uh, playing the mighty 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 Houston Rockets. So at least that's a shout out shout out Houston. Shout out, Houston. I appreciate you.